This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, I remember one time Mike Johnson, who you all know, was telling me that about a time he was in New York City. And he was in New York City during the winter time. And he was at that ice skating rink that's in front of Rockefeller Center, at Rockefeller Square there. And he said that as he was watching the people skate around in this rink, he said he saw an Israeli father with his son there, Israeli father with his son on the ice. And there's a little boy. They don't have a lot of snow and ice in Israel, so... A new experience for him to be on ice skates. And so the boy is, is like, you know, is wobbling around. He's ready to fall in any minute. And he says, the boy was just calling out, Abba, 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 and, which is equivalent to saying, Daddy or Dad, Dad, Daddy. It's a term of affection. It wasn't just, you know, uh, it wasn't just uh, Father, Father, Father. And, uh, and that warmed his heart. And, and uh, I remember also another time when, uh, when someone was asking our boys if it was okay to call me dad, and, and the other boy said, sure, but Joseph said he had to think about that, if he was going to share that term or not. So this is the relationship that should be. This is a relationship between a father and a child. It should be a relationship between a dad and a child, where the child loves to call his father dad. I mean, dad is a term of trust. It's a term of trust. A child runs to his dad when he's in trouble and he, and he needs his father to be a dad, not just a father, be a dad, because a dad protects a child from trouble and he shows his love for the child by protecting him. And that's what we see in one of the most tender scenes in the Bible of a dad and his son, a father and a son, and that's between Abraham and his son Isaac. It's just hard to imagine a more loving relationship between a father and a son than between Abraham and Isaac. I mean, Abraham had endured a hundred years 
of waiting and waiting for the time when he and Sarah could have a child. And finally, that great day came when a son was born to the couple, a miraculous son, a son born to Abraham and Sarah, where the Bible says that their condition at that time is described in Romans 4.19, where it talks about their condition. It says, being not weak in faith, he, Abraham, considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So at that time, Abraham knew that his own body at the age of 100 in terms of virility was, as it says in Romans 4.19, dead, now dead. And at that time, Abraham knew that Sarah's womb at the age of 90 was, in the words of Romans 4.19, deadness, the deadness of Sarah's womb. But the miracle happened like a resurrection from the deadness, from the dead state of Abraham's body, from the deadness of Sarah's womb. It was a coming of a child, a very special child, the only child that Abraham and Sarah would ever have. It was Isaac. And the baby's name was Isaac which in the Hebrew means laughter, it's Yitzhak. And whenever they would think of themselves, Sarah, 90 years old, Abraham, 100 years old, having a baby together, there's only one response for that, laughter. That's funny, Yitzhak, Isaac. And as Isaac grows up, Abraham is only child with his wife, Sarah. There's such a bond built between these two it's a bond of love and devotion. Abraham is devoted to Isaac. As Abraham knew that Isaac was his only child with his wife Sarah and that his son was going to inherit all the promises. He was going to take everything that Abraham had built and done in his life, especially in, towards God. He knows this is all going to pass on to Isaac. So Abraham pours himself into Isaac, his only son. He pours his time into Isaac as his only son. He pours his instruction into Isaac as his only son. He protects Isaac as his only son because Isaac knows also from his infancy that when he was held by his father, Abraham, that those were the arms of a man who loved him, who was devoted to him, who protected him, who poured in his life to him. Because this term, Abba, or dad, is used by a child when he's in trouble, like ready to slip on the ice at Rockefeller Center Square there, and he knows those arms are strong, he knows those arms are protecting, and so he uses the term Abba, or dad. Abba comes from Avi, which has the meaning of my father. And for those reasons, the first time in the Bible that a child calls his father Avi, which is where the word Abba comes from, dad. It comes when Isaac calls to Abraham, Avi, Genesis 22, one through eight. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, here am I, here I am. Behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, get thee into the land of Moriah, offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. 
and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the child of the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. He said he was coming back with Isaac. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, Avi, my father, like Abba. He said, here am I, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. Abraham, at this point in his history, has a secret, a great secret. He has shared this secret with no one. Abraham has not shared this secret with his wife, Sarah. Abraham has not shared his secret with Eliezer, undoubtedly one of the two servants who were there. Abraham has not shared this secret with Isaac, his son. The secret is that in Genesis 22, God has commanded Abraham to sacrifice his son as a burnt offering. The secret is that God has told Abraham he is to kill his son with a knife and burn that precious body on an altar, and this is to be done on a mountain that is three days' journey away. He tells his wife, he tells his servants, he tells Isaac that he and Isaac are going to a mountain three days away. Sarah waves goodbye as Abraham and his servants and Isaac make out for the mountain. He tells them we're going to worship. Abraham knows that he will sacrifice Isaac. Abraham is not at all terrified by this prospect of sacrificing his son because Abraham is convinced of Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. He was figuring in his mind, he was thinking in his mind, yes, I'm going to kill Isaac, and I'm gonna burn him up, and he's gonna be a pile of ashes, but God has promised, God has promised that Isaac is going to have children, and ashes don't have children. He's going to raise him from the dead. He's thinking that. So they walk for three days. He's thinking. He's preparing for the kill. He's preparing for the burning. He's got the fire. He's got the wood. But he's also thinking, how great is God to raise up my son from a pile of ashes? He believes that. So these thoughts are what are running through Abraham's mind during those three days as he's going off in his journey with Isaac. Isaac is excited. The son is excited. He's going to have three special days with his dad. Just like I had three weeks with my son. But Isaac senses from his dad, this is a solemn time. 
this is a no Yitzhak time. This is a no laughter time in these three days. There's something very serious, very somber. And Isaac is sensing it with his dad Abraham as they walk together. Isaac doesn't know what it is, but he trusts his dad. He knows his dad knows, and as long as Isaac is with his dad, he feels like everything's going to be all right. And so the two, Isaac with his dad, Abraham, march on toward this mountain. And then the mountain comes into sight. It's Mount Moriah. And Abraham asks his servants, stay here. Stay at the campsite. And Isaac are going to go to the mountain to worship. And Isaac hears his dad, Abraham, explain to his servants to wait behind as they're going to go up there to, alone together to worship. He hears that. And then he also hears his father Abraham say, and we too are going to come back again after we've worshipped. So they make off. Isaac's carrying the wood, not knowing. He doesn't know that the wood is going to be used to burn up his dead body after he's killed. Isaac sees his dad, Abraham, carry the knife in his hand, not knowing that that knife, he's going to feel it as he's killed. Isaac sees that there's just something missing as they set off there. There's just no lamb. Where's the lamb? So Isaac has this fear, this sinking fear. It's a fear that runs as that little boy on the ice. Abba, 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 when he's in trouble. And Isaac feels he's in trouble. And he runs to his dad in Genesis 22:7. Bake to Abraham, he says, Avi. And his dad says, here am I, my son. He says, behold the fire of the wood. Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac calls his father Avi, my father, like Abba. He's saying, my father, you never lied to me in the past. And I know that as my father, you're not going to lie to me now. My father, you've always loved me in the past. And I know that you're going to love me now. My father, you've always protected me in the past. I know you're going to protect me now. So now, my father, now, Avi, tell me, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Because I'm scared right now. And because I'm scared, that's why I call you Avi. That's why I call you Abba. That's why I call you my father. So now, my father, tell me, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Because I just need a little assurance right now. I need a great amount of assurance right now. Because I need that so much, I call you Avi. With that call from Isaac for help, for assurance, Abraham does not just call Isaac son or Isaac. He addresses him with the same tenderness as Avi, Benny, my son, my son, don't worry. God is going to provide the lamb. Abraham tells Isaac, God's going to provide the lamb. And Abraham's thinking, that's not all God's going to provide. God's going to provide a resurrection from the dead for my son Isaac. But he doesn't tell Isaac that. And Isaac just hears in the response, more important than the response, in what Isaac said to Abraham, more important than his question was his appeal, Avi. And when Abraham speaks to his son Isaac, Isaac hears more important than the explanation that God's going to provide a lamb, 
he hears the words, my son. He hears my son. Abraham's not pushing him back, separating himself from him. He's not taking the position, I can't let my heart be broken for this boy. I've got to pull back and not be his father. I've got to be the killer. No, he doesn't hear that. He hears my son. Isaac says to himself, nothing has changed in the relationship between myself and my father. The love is still there. The devotion is still there. The protection is still there. Nothing has changed. And this brings Isaac peace and an assurance that Abraham is still Avi, Abba. And the beauty is seen in the last words of Genesis 22.8. They went, both of them, together. The fear that Isaac had is gone because they were going, both of them, together. They went, both of them, together because Isaac has called Abraham Avi. And Abraham has accepted this term and has called Isaac my son. That shows the strength of the term my father or Avi from where Abba comes. The term dad is used when a child wants to address his father as a person who is great in his eyes, great in the sense of being able to protect with a strength, great in the sense of having a great affection and care for the child. That's when the term dad is used, especially used. Dad, help, because you can help. Dad, help, because you love. That's why you use the term dad or Abba. And it's meaningful that when the Lord Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane facing the cross, he uses that term. It's the only time we see him use that term in Mark 14, 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but as thou, what thou wilt. The Lord calls God the Father, Abi, or Dad, because of the strength and the power of God the Father. Mark 14, 36. Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. The Lord calls on God the Father as Abba, or dad, because of the love that the God the Father has for the Son. And the Lord Jesus has said, has experienced this affirmation of the love of God the Father for him. God the Father didn't push him away and said, well, you're going to go to the cross now. You're going you're to be crucified. I can't let my heart get emaciated by that, so push you away. No. Matthew 17, 5, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, Behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Lord Jesus said about that relationship in John 3.35, The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things unto his hand. John 5.20, The Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he doeth. So the Lord Jesus calls on God the Father as Abba, as dad, because he's in trouble. And he knew that God the Father was not only strong to rescue, but also that God the Father loved him so dearly. That's why the little Israeli boy kept calling out, Abba, 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 Dad, 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 because he was in trouble. He knew his father was great. He could lift him up, keep him falling on the ice. More powerful than him, 
He could rescue him. The little Israeli boy keeps crying out, Abba, 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 because the little boy knew how much his father loved him, which all circles back to have a meaning for the believer. Because when the believer receives Christ as a Savior, that just doesn't give him the right to call God the Father, Father, but that gives him the right to go one step further and to call him Dad, Abba. Romans 8.15, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Dad. Galatians 4.6, because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We call the Father Abba, or Dad, because we have the same assurance that God the Father will be our loving, protecting Dad that Isaac had when he was in trouble and called on Abraham, Avi, or my father. We call God the Father Abba, or Dad, because we have the same assurance that the Lord Jesus had of God the Father's personalized love for each one of us. That was what he had when he was in trouble, the Lord Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before the cross, and he calls God the Father Abba. We join Isaac. We join the Lord Jesus in calling God the Father Abba, or Dad, because that's a term that affirms our special relationship between us and God the Father. Not just Father, but our Father. Not just Father, but Dad. And now the Lord, knowing all of this about the relationship that there is between a father and a son, he tells his disciples in verse 21, the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. This hatred of the Lord against the Lord, this hatred against the Lord is so great that it breaks the bond of the love and the openness and the protection that naturally exists between a father for his child. So after the Lord has stated how the hatred is so strong against him to cause the brother to put the brother to death and how the father's going to going to put the be the cause of the death of his child, now the Lord turns to the children in verse 21. Matthew 10, 21, the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Imagine the guilt, the guilt of a child who knows that he's the reason why his parents were killed. How could all this be happening? Well, we get an insight to it in the words in verse 21, rise up. Remember I said about Cain rose up against his brother Abel. Those are important words. Because the words rise up paint the picture of an emotional a riot where rationality is out the window, just wild emotions are in control. We've seen this. We saw this in La Mesa. We saw this across the country. These recent protests where people take a baseball bat, beat other people, destroy businesses, set them on fire. That's a rising up. And that's what the Lord is talking about. It's this heat of emotion where tempers run wild. It's an open rebellion where children rebel against their parents and any authority is all thrown off. That's a picture of chaos where all law is gone and anarchy just rules. And who knows if these verses right now that we're covering are not a preparation for what we're facing in this country.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.